0: When it comes to Christmas, we think we have to be holly and jolly, and everything has to be right. But I believe our source of peace comes not from everything going the way we planned, but from this little promise snuck in here as an explanation. You see, Matthew is written often to explain Jewish customs to the people who didn't understand it. So Matthew repeatedly quotes things in Hebrew or things from the Old Testament, and then he says, this is what it means, and he explains it. He says, look, there's this prophet, the one Isaiah in the Old Testament, who says a virgin will conceive and bear a son, and he shall be called Emmanuel." And then Matthew gives this explanation, which means God... With us. I- Emmanuel is how you would pronounce the Hebrew that literally means God with us. I don't know how Joseph felt after this angel spoke to him or when he married a Mary and wasn't able to consummate for a while. I don't know how he felt raising somebody else's son. But what I do know is this little promise he shall be called Emmanuel. Changes everything. See, in the season when it gets exhausting and we're worn out and family is stressful and things aren't like we
1: want them to be, it's easy to say where are you God? Hi, this is Chris from The Point, a church where you can come as you are and you can text in your questions. You may not be sure what you believe about God, Jesus, faith, or the Bible, and that's okay. Because faith is not about having it all figured out and God is not waiting for you to put your life together before he'll connect with you. If you'd like to find out more about The Point, you can visit our website at thepointknox.com or connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at The Point Knox. Don't hesitate to contact us or join us in person every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. We pray this message has an impact in your life Or at least makes it easy for you to connect with God where you are. Bah, humbug. An expression or
0: utterance of annoyance. An expression or utterance of annoyance at something that is fake and phony and meaningless. Bah, humbug. Do you ever feel that way at Christmas time? Why are we doing this? Like, what is this all about? You work so hard to set up a tree that you're only allowed to keep for a few weeks. And if you try to keep it past Christmas, people think there's something wrong with you. When I was single, I decided since I had no place to store my tree, I would just keep my tree year round. Uh, Which if you do that, then it just becomes a place to collect dust and it gets really gross and people think even worse thoughts about you. Bah humbug, why are we doing all of this? What's the point? I know one of the things that sometimes for me can be an exhausting part of Christmas is there's this idea that at this time of the year, you need to be holly and jolly and merry. Everything has to be great and filled with joy. But what if it's not? What if this Christmas is actually really bad? Really sad. In fact, for many people, Christmas is a time of the year when depression spikes. They remember loved ones lost who aren't with them anymore. They stress and are filled with anxiety over the family they have to spend time with or they want to but they don't get to. Oftentimes, this is not a jolly season. And yet, I believe that in the midst of all the uncertainty and the confusion and the hurt, we can find peace. And I don't mean a peace that says now with this peace everything's okay. A peace that says even when it's not, it'll be okay. I remember my first Christmas as a single guy out of college living on my own. Do you guys remember your first Christmas? Mine was terrible. My first Christmas as a single guy on my own, my car broke down, it was below freezing, the heat in my house wasn't working, and I was supposed to be dog-sitting for somebody else who was out of town four miles away. So while it was snowing, I had to figure out how to get myself in the snow, in the cold, on Christmas Eve, to this other house. It was miserable. I was grumpy, I was irritated, And I wondered, where is Christmas this year? And I found my Christmas spirit in the most unlikely of places. The passenger seat of a car filled with open beer containers, smelling of cigarettes, and this random stranger who picked me up while I was hitchhiking. That's where I found my Christmas spirit. Now, I'll come back to that later. Today, as we dive into scripture and see this story of Christmas unfold, it is anything but jolly. And maybe you're familiar with the story. We're going to read today Matthew chapter one. See, last week we looked at Luke where Mary is told you're going to have a baby. And she's like, but I'm a virgin. That's okay. Got to work it out. And in an unexpected way, she's given this great blessing. In an unexpected way, she's given all sorts of joy and hope for the things to come, for the promises of God. Today, we're going to look at what do you do when Christmas is less than jolly? Matthew chapter 1. See, in, in Luke, the gospel centers around Mary's experience, but Matthew Matthew's the only deep picture we have into Joseph's experience. See, if you know the story of Christmas, you know that Mary was told by an angel, you will give birth to a son and his name will be Jesus and he will be the Savior whose kingdom will have no end. And she's like, but I'm a virgin. The angel goes, don't worry about it. And it's miraculous and wonderful. But for her husband, or at least her betrothed, the one she was going to marry that certainly would have been really confusing. Uh, Vicar Adam and I were talking about this earlier this week, and I said, you know, the truth be told, if my wife came home and said she was pregnant and it wasn't mine, I would be pretty upset and really confused when she says, but I promise I've been faithful. I don't know how that works. In Matthew, we see Joseph less than jolly. Here's the story. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Now real quick before we go into Joseph too much, anybody ever faced a pregnancy that was less than joyful? Like I know babies are a blessing and they're good and we love babies and yet sometimes pregnancy is terrifying. Like my wife and I, we had a miscarriage, and when we got pregnant the next time, we weren't all that joyful. In fact, we were really scared, what if it happens again? And then we felt really guilty that we weren't feeling excited for this new baby. My sister had a child out of wedlock when she was in college, and I remember for her the pain and the fear when she found out she was pregnant, what kind of future do I have now? The, the dad for her in that situation wasn't all that great, and so will I be raising this child alone, or will I have help? What do I do? If you ever partner with Hope Resource Center and you talk to them, they are an agency here in town that serves women who are facing unexpected pregnancies by offering them all kinds of tests and all kinds of maternal care and even classes about parenting. They do wonderful things. One of the biggest things they see when someone comes in for the first time is fear. Now what? Where do I go from here? Mary is told she's going to have a child and she gets pregnant though she's still a virgin. For her husband, Joseph, how confusing and hurtful. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. You see, in this day and age, only a man could issue a certificate of divorce. Only a man could separate the marriage and break it up. And Joseph sees the situation and goes, this isn't my kid. I don't know that you're being honest. Because let's face it, That's a pretty unlikely story. I don't know what the future will hold for this child. Filled with fear, pain, confusion, he seeks to do what's right, even though I don't think he had a clue how to do that. He wants to just quietly divorce her and go about his separate way and say, you do your thing and I'll do mine. Do you ever feel that way at Christmas? Just wanting kind of a divorce from all of it? I just want to separate from this stuff. I don't really care about this season, and I'm supposed to be happy, but I'm filled with all kinds of questions. God, where are you in this? God, my life doesn't look like I had pictured. The pain that I'm feeling, I don't know how to find healing. God, where are you? But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Now, when angels show up in scripture, rarely do they show up in a very wonderful and peaceful way that everybody's happy. In fact, almost every time when an angel appears, they begin by saying, don't be afraid. So if you've ever seen an angel, I have not. If you have, and it was peaceful and joyful, Good for you. Probably wasn't an angel. Generally, they're terrifying. An angel shows up to Joseph, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Imagine the place of hurt that Joseph may have been in, the confusion and the questioning, God, where are you in this mess, this season that's not what I was expecting? And an angel says, don't be afraid, it'll be okay. Don't be afraid, God has a plan, and you get to be a part of his plan. Now here's what I would have rather the angel said. Don't be afraid, everything will go well for you. Don't be afraid. Everything's going to go perfect. It's okay. It's not what the angel says. The things your fiance said are true. She's going to have a baby and he will save his people. (laughs) The angel speaks to Joseph. We don't know how he responded other than he did that which was right. Maybe emotionally, he was still torn up. And in fact, about Joseph, we know very little after this story. In fact, a little bit later, uh, after Jesus is born, Joseph is told again in a dream to flee for their safety, and they do, they become refugees in Egypt for a period, and then they come back home. And after that, after about the time Jesus is two, Joseph isn't mentioned by name anymore. Now, what we do see is later, Joseph's mentioned, when Jesus begins his ministry, they say, aren't you the son of of Joseph, the carpenter? Like, surely you can't be saying and doing the things you're doing because we know your dad. My kids, unfortunately, you know their dad. And if you look at my kids, some days I hope they grow up to be just like me. And other days, I look at myself in the mirror and say, I hope my kids are nothing like me. Because there's a reality that as a dad, I see all of my faults, all of my failures, all of the ways that I'm not enough. The only time Joseph is brought up later in the story after this very beginning is people saying, I know you, you can't be who you say you are, because you're just like your dad. Joseph, he responds to this angel by... I wonder if that first Christmas was jolly for Joseph. I like to imagine that when Mary finally gave birth, he was filled with joy at being a dad. I like to picture he was really excited, but scripture doesn't tell us. Maybe he was really overjoyed, maybe he wasn't. Maybe he was really confused, maybe he was really hurt, we don't know. But that first Christmas may very likely have been anything but jolly. In fact, in another account in Luke, when Jesus is born, they don't even have a place for Jesus to stay. Anybody been there in the hospital when your wife's given birth? Now imagine doing that in the car, in the parking lot at Weigel's or 7-Eleven. That'd be great, right? I know people who've done both and whew. We don't know how Joseph felt, but I know how I feel as a dad. Some days I look at my kids and I'm overjoyed. And other days I look at my kids and I see all that I've done wrong and go, oh man, I'm sorry for the therapy you're gonna need. And other days I look at my kids and I see all the things they're doing. I'm like, where did this come from? Why are you this way? And it's probably my fault. Being a dad is great. Being a stepdad, I've never had that opportunity. Some of you maybe have. Loving somebody else's child, that can be hard. There can be division in the family for no reason you can control. Joseph is in this role as stepdad. Jesus isn't his child, but we presume from what goes on in the rest of the chapter, in chapter two, that Joseph, at least for a while, did a really good job caring for him, being a dad to him. When it comes to Christmas, we think we have to be holly and jolly, and everything has to be right. But I believe our source of peace comes not from everything going the way we planned, but from this little promise snuck in here as an explanation. You see, Matthew is written often to explain Jewish customs to the people who didn't understand it. So Matthew repeatedly quotes things in Hebrew or things from the Old Testament, and then he says, this is what it means, and he explains it. He says, look, there's this prophet, the one Isaiah in the Old Testament, who says a virgin will conceive and bear a son, and he shall be called Emmanuel." And then Matthew gives this explanation, which means God... With us. I- Emmanuel is how you would pronounce the Hebrew that literally means God with us. I don't know how Joseph felt after this angel spoke to him or when he married a Mary and wasn't able to consummate for a while. I don't know how he felt raising somebody else's son. But what I do know is this little promise he shall be called Emmanuel changes everything. See, in the season when it gets exhausting and we're worn out and family is stressful and things aren't like we want them to be, it's easy to say, where are you, God? And that's why we're gathered. Because God has promised to be here with us. God has promised that through the birth of his son, he is here. And so whatever we're going through, However we feel, holly and jolly or not, God is with us. That's what this season is all about. And because God is with us, not as some distant God who's someplace out there kind of vaguely helping. No, as a God who would come in the flesh and be born like you and me. A God who would experience everything we've experienced and all of our pain and sorrow and suffering, this God with us can tell you and me today to have peace. Because no matter what happens, he will never leave us. In fact, Matthew here at the beginning of his gospel declares that Jesus is God with us. And at the end of Matthew's gospel, Jesus himself declares, behold, I will be with you Always, to the end of the day. So whether you're holly and jolly or not this Christmas season, Jesus is here. and He's with you and he's for you and he will never leave. And in that we can be assured it may not be okay right now. It may not be okay tomorrow or on Christmas morning. It may not be okay for a long time to come but it will most certainly one day be okay. Going back to that story there in the beginning of my Christmas spirit, I was angry, I was bitter, I was cold, I was miserable. And I was walking down the main street there in Omaha, headed towards this house I had to dog sit. Of course, stupidly in flip-flops because that's all I wore at the time, in the snow. And I thought, What are the chances? So I stuck my thumb out as I walked and a truck stopped and backed up and rolled down the window and smoke rolled out of it. And he said, where are you headed? And I told him, he said, I'm going there. I can give you a ride. And I climbed in and had to move all the bottles of beer out my feet. I was like, I don't know if I should be in this car. And I asked him, where are you headed? And he said, I don't know what are you doing? He said, I haven't seen my sister in years, but I heard she's back in town. And so I'm looking for her. And that was it. He spent his Christmas, the whole Christmas Eve, driving around in the snow, looking for his sister out of love, out of desire to see her, out of the hope that maybe this would be the Christmas they'd be reunited And it was there with all of the smell of beer and cigarettes that I realized what Christmas is all about. It's not about everything going well or the way you planned. It's about the promise of one who loves you, who is looking for you, and coming into our world to do everything to find you, to have you, to be with you. This is our hope this Christmas season. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are with us, that you have promised never to leave us, that you have promised to always be with us. God, I I don't know how Joseph felt, but I can imagine a whole host of feelings that were stressful and exhausting and confusing. And yet, you sent an angel to say, do not be afraid. God, in the midst of our Christmas season, as we prepare for the coming of of your son, help us to prepare with peace that whatever we're facing, whatever tomorrow holds, you will never leave us or forsake us, but be with us. We pray all of this in Jesus' name, amen. As we continue our worship today, we're going to collect an offering, and I want to share with you something about our Cultivate community that we've been talking about this last uh, week or so. So, In the beginning of 2020, a group of about 10 or 12 of us uh, went on a retreat and said, what's the one thing the point needs in the future? And what we identified was we needed friendship. We looked around and said, there's a lot of people we know superficially, but how do we get to know each other really well? And only about a month later, COVID shut everything down and the whole world came to realize we need each other. We need friends we can count on when times are difficult. We need people we can turn to for encouragement and comfort. We need friends. And so as we did Cultivate Community last year, we set out with a goal of fostering friendship. Our aim was that here in this building, we could create space for people to gather and to connect. So we renovated the tap room so that the tap room could be used for birthday parties and Bible studies and bridal showers and youth group, which by the way is happening today when we're done. So if you're middle school or high school, stick around for that. We renovated this space in the building to help people connect and we said that's not enough. So not only did we renovate that space, we started something called Second Sunday Food Truck. Anybody stick around for that over the course of the year? We shared a meal once a month together with these food trucks and had a great time connecting with new people and with people we haven't seen in a while. We began to foster friendships through that. But we believe that friendships don't stop or even start all here in this building. And so what we did this fall was we relaunched connect groups where we said instead of trying to help people connect by common interests or similar life stages, what if we try to help people connect with people who live near them. So we reorganized our connect groups and said, we're gonna put you in a group near people who live by you. And over 40 people signed up and participated for the course of that nine weeks. And this picture is from one of the groups there last night together they went out to a brewery and just sat around and had a good time talking. Now these connect groups were an opportunity to make friends on a deeper level than you can have in this brief hour here. And after one group ended, I got this text. Here's what it said. Yo, regional small groups were a fantastic idea, and I'm so happy I got to know these folks. The group has been a complete delight, and I can't wait to start back in 2022. You see, we believe that fostering friendship is absolutely essential to every one of us growing with Christ. And we can do that best when we spend time with people sharing meals on an ongoing basis. And so as we go forward into next year, we're gonna continue to try to foster friendships. Connect groups will be coming back at the end of January. If you were in one and you can't wait to join one again, you you can do that. If you weren't in one and you want to make friends, at that time we'll invite you to join these groups. But not only are we gonna be doing these connect groups and second Sunday food trucks here, as we aim to foster friendship in the next year, we have a lot of ideas for how we can help you connect with your neighbors, where you live, how we can walk alongside you and maybe inviting food trucks into your neighborhood or hosting block parties where you live, not that we're hosting, we'll just help you put it on so that you can meet your neighbors and make friends, some of whom may be disconnected from God and need his love through you. I'm really excited as we set out to foster friendship this next year. I believe it's gonna be something that not only changes the point, but changes our neighborhood's. (laughs) If fostering friendship in your community is something you want to help us accomplish and help us participate and do, as we end this year with our Cultivate Community Initiative, we're asking everybody who calls the point home to prayerfully consider doing one of two things. Either, would you consider setting up a new recurring gift online so that you could regularly throughout the year support the work that we're doing and help fund some of these initiatives and these things we want to accomplish. Or if you would rather, or maybe both, would you prayerfully consider giving a special year-end gift to help us raise some extra funds to prepare to create space and to go into your neighborhoods and to foster friendship? If this is something you would like to do or if you came prepared today just to give a general offering, you can do so with cash or check in the popcorn buckets in the back as you leave and you can place that physical connect card there as well but if you came prepared to give online or you would like to join us in this Cultivate Community initiative by partnering online, you can do so at thepointknocks.com by clicking the little teal button in the bottom corner. However you give and whatever you give, know this, we don't give to get God's love, but because we already have it. Thank you. Now we get to enjoy uh, the time where you guys texted in questions and I'll do my best to respond to them. Yeah. So. What questions came in?
2: All right. First uh, thing that came in says, this church is a vibe. 10 out of 10, agree. Agree. A
0: vibe or like D vibe? A vibe. It's a vibe. vibe. We have A vibe.
2: Um, Can you still celebrate Christmas if you're an atheist? Um,
0: That's tricky. There's two different Christmases that we can celebrate right now. There's that which is centered in Christ, where it comes from uh, remembering his birth and celebrating who he is. And as an atheist, you can do that. It's a very strange decision to celebrate the birth of a God you don't believe in. Uh, but you're certainly welcome to. He's not going to be offended by that. Um, we also live in a culture that has a cultural Christmas celebration, which includes trees and Santa and gifts and all kinds of other things. And you can celebrate all of that without Jesus. Now, I'm going to always encourage you that celebrating the birth of Jesus is truly the most important. A blessing and wonderful time of the year but
2: you can do either great all right next question Does Jeremiah 10, 2 through 4, talk about Christmas trees? And they just put it here, so we're all on the same page. Learn not the way of the nations, nor be dismayed at the signs of the heavens, because the nations are dismayed at them. For the customs of the people are vanity. A tree from the forest is cut down and worked with an axe by the hands of a craftsman. They decorate it with silver and gold. They fasten it with hammer and nails so it can't move. The, uh, this is my favorite part. Their idols are like scarecrows in a cucumber field. I'm like, cu- cucumber feels like a random choice.
0: Weird choice for a mind. scarecrow, but anyway. Uh, so, that's one. There's a, a group of Christians who believe that celebrating Christmas is bad because of that verse and uh, some belief in a pagan history of Christmas. Um, I don't think that verse has anything to do with Christmas trees for a few reasons. One of them, if you read it again, you see it says that they cut down trees and then they worked them with an ax. See, it wasn't just the process of cutting down a tree, it was forming that tree into something else, very specifically into idols. In fact, what comes later is it talks about their idols and how they were worshiping these carved images that they had cut down. So if you're bowing down and worshiping this tree, We got a lot of things to talk about that's very wrong. But if you're admiring the beauty of creation and it includes a tree, um, that's not wrong. God is the God of all creation. So I don't think Jeremiah 10 is specifically referring to Christmas trees, I think it's referring to idols that were shaped and formed from trees into images like scarecrows, like people that could be worshiped.
2: In cucumber fields. Yeah. Um, okay, what is your favorite Christmas song and why?
0: I don't know. Um, I'll get back to you on that one because I'm terrible about thinking of music on the spot.
2: That's valid. Uh, yeah. Also, anytime someone's like, what's your favorite anything? I, I crumble, I cannot, I cannot.
0: Unless it's food, then it's easily pizza.
2: I steak, literally can't. I don't know. I have so many favorites. Cheese, See, that's what I mean. Okay. Uh, next question. Have you considered a connection group through Zoom for those of us that are outside of the Knoxville area?
0: No, we haven't, but that's a great idea, and we could certainly consider it. If that's something you would like to participate in because you live, um, preferably, like, live beyond the Knoxville metro area, and what I mean by that is, like, uh, I know we have people on livestream who join us from Minnesota and Florida and all over the country. So, like, if you're far enough out of the Knoxville area that you can't be a part of something in person, like, maybe we could absolutely consider something like that for you. So just let us know.
2: Yeah. Give us a heads up. Um, last question. May we have confession and absolution? May we? Like, right now? or like, I don't know if they meant right now. I mean, yeah. I'm just, I just read what is texted in.
0: Look, uh... Thank you. (laughs) Yes, you can. In fact, with communion, there is forgiveness that comes with that. But the process of like formally confessing our sins can be done publicly as a group. And sometimes we do that. And it can also be done privately. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but I will gladly sit down any time with you. And you and me can do private confession. And it will be 100% confidential unless you or somebody else is in imminent physical danger. So if you confess that you have plans to come and beat up Emily, I'm going to stop you, okay? But other than that, it's 100% private. See, nobody can hurt you. I'm not okay with that. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> but if it's, if it's not going to bring harm to somebody else, it's 100% private and confidential, and I'll share it with nobody. And the only thing I'm going to do at the end of your confession is forgive you. Because every one of us, when we're feeling the weight of guilt and shame and regret, needs to hear those words from Jesus. I forgive you. All right. Is there any more questions texted in?
2: No more questions. We do have one announcement.
0: Well, real quick. I see Tony's got a question. Oh. The day after movie night is the 17th. My birthday. Hey! Hey! So if you come to the movie night, maybe we'll celebrate Tony's birthday, too. It'll we'll be great. We'll for
2: sure sing. We'll for sure sing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, 10 out of 10. Yeah. All right. One announcement. Yeah. Yeah. Youth group, after church, up in the tap room? Yeah? Youth group is for ages? Middle school, high school. Middle school, high school. So if you are in that age range, it's going to be real fun. And in two weeks, on the 19th, when they
0: have youth group, they're going to move it to 4 to 6 PM at Adam's house, um, because they're going to have a Christmas party, and it's going to be a lot of fun. And he has a pool that's not been heated for a while, so we're going to do a polar plunge, and you're welcome to join us, all right? Yeah, so bring your friends and family. Is that it for the announcements and questions and things? Yeah. Cool. This is a blessing for all of you, including you on live stream. But I'm going to look at you guys while I say it, all right? As you go, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Have a wonderful week.
1: Thank you for listening to one of our Sunday morning messages. If this message has made an impact in your life, please let us know. Simply fill out the Contact Us page on thepointknox.com. And if you'd like to be a part of supporting the Point Ministry, simply go to thepointknox.com forward slash support. Don't hesitate to contact us or join us in person Every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m., we pray this message has an impact in your life, or at least makes it easy for you to connect with God where you are.